Yes, welcome back into the Mail Run with Greg O'Connor with the boys away and with loveracing.nz for all your thoroughbred racing news, previews, replays, profiles and much more. It's our owner's segment, a little bit different today because we're catching up with master trainer Michael Pittman who has been heavily involved in ownership as part of his training regime. Morning to you, Michael. Yeah, good morning, Greg and everybody else. Yeah, fantastic to have you on the the show, mate. First of all, before we get into that uh, ownership side of the business, congratulations to you and Matthew on what's been a pretty incredible start to 2024. And uh, Your West Coast feats were outstanding. Uh, Not only did you have several winners, you had a couple of trifectas as well. Yeah, I mean, obviously um, everybody knows that I had a pretty close relationship with well, the Harris family rather than just Paul and um, Thoroughbred Racing actually asked me to take over his team just for the coast circuit, more in the management role because he still had good staff in that in place. And, um, yeah, so we did that. And ironically, every race that Paul won or his horses won, uh, we actually ran second. And so, um, yeah, we had, I think it was five or six Quinellas between us and, Whole lot, I think it's four trifectas actually. So um, yeah, no, it was good. I mean, winning the Paul Harris Memorial at Reefton for Lee Ibert, who's one of our best owners at the moment, um, was was something really special, and I loved it. I'm telling you, I really did enjoy that one. Well, anyone who knows you, and I've been lucky enough to get to know you pretty well with uh, all of our years on track, and. Uh, your passion uh, goes beyond uh, what most people have for this sport. And, and when you get to a place like the West Coast and, and you talk about winning that race in particular, um, I, I, I know what it would mean to you. Yeah, that no, was great. That was great. I, I had a lot to do in my younger days. A lot of people, I, I hope you don't mind me telling everybody this. No, not at all. Go for it. When I was 18, I used to go out to the Harris, Harris's um, when I was 18, 19. I first had a horse the day I turned 21. I signed the papers and raced a horse with Ray, a horse called Perilla, which I ended up actually training myself and finish and won a race with it. But my, um, my um, um, friendship with the Harris family goes back 50 years. Yeah, and that's how long I've known Paul, and that's how long I've known the whole family. So um, it, it's not like you know we were intense rivals, or, which I guess we were really. Um, we used to have a lot of banter on race day, but it's a it's a friendship that does go back fifty years with the whole family. Yeah, yeah, ab- absolutely, it does. As I suppose, in many ways, does your training and ownership. And you, you mentioned the first horse there when you you were twenty one. <laughs> Um, gee, you've had some magnificent owners, a couple that spring to mind, and, and we're not doing this, so we're going to leave someone out, so hopefully uh, we'll, we'll cover as many as we possibly can, but one one that I remember with a very good horse you had uh, was Snow Thomas with Just Tommy. Yep. <laughs> Snow walked into our place, we were just up the road from Snow and Buchanan's Road, and Snow walked into our place and um, drove in the comma band, the Pirakaki ovals, and said, oh, I'd like you to train a horse. And I'm, you know, people people who know me know me that I'm pretty straight up. And I said to him, Jesus, it costs a lot of money to race a horse. Can you afford it? And um, anyway, he showed proof that he just sold his business and he could afford to race horses. And that horse went on to be our first Group 1 winner. Uh, Chris Johnson rode it to win the Thornton Mile. And we have, we've had a lot of winners together. Look, you know, Snow, Snow's been a very important part of our family as well. You know, we've been great friends for a long time, and it was 
good to win a race just recently for Snow and his family as well. So, yeah, had yeah, a lot of good uh, terrific. <laughs> yeah, ter- yeah, terrific bloke, uh, Snow. The other one, the most obvious one, the one that people associate uh, with your stable so much uh, is Ray Copeland and, and the longevity that he has been with your stable for such a long period of time, but also the success that you had with Ray. And, and Ray would have taught you a lot on and off the track, Michael, on picking. Oh, look, I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for Ray Copeland. Don't worry about that. There's probably been four people that are really um, recognised as probably greatest influences on my training career and dying's. And that's Ray Copeland, uh, Jim Campin, uh, John Curran, and Graham Rogerson. You know, I first met Ray on the corner of um, uh, uh, just up at uh, Coach Corner, and he said, "Would you like to come out? I'm going to come and have a look at a couple of horses." We went out to the old Amberley Racecourse. Um, uh, Don Petty was running it, and we had a look at a couple of horses and these two horses running around the paddock I said well I really like that one and, and that one there when one was a horse that Ray raced um, trying to think of the name of it, but the other horse was a horse called Pokari when he came up to us I, I, I thought gee you're a skinny little bugger you know and anyway Danny Crozer was walking, working for me at the time and that's how he got the it was by mistake that he got called Pokari he was supposed to be called Pokari after Stephen Pokari the the, the um all black, I think he was at the time. Yep, that was a very good horse, um, Pokari. He he um, he ended up winning the two ZB mile, which is now a Group One race. Um, and he is one of I don't know. Ray and I probably had four, five, six hundred winners. I wouldn't have a clue. Ray would know. Um, for, yeah, four, five, six hundred winners together, and, and it was great at the end of uh, uh, ownership and training because um, everybody knows that knows that Ray hasn't been in the best of health. We came up with what was called Savvy Cup, which was a dual group one winner and champion um, three-year-old of the year, and that was very, very special. Yep, and got you and the family across at a time when it was a real challenge in your life health-wise uh, to a remarkable day at Mooney Valley, Winx's fourth Cox Plate. <laughs> Yeah, I've done some dumb things in my life, I tell you. That I was up there, Michael. I've done some oh, that was right things. up there. Yeah, yeah people, I'll quickly, quickly tell people. I, um, I was in hospital. I'd had a cancer operation. I had a, a bag on me, as you do, a short circuit your bowel and everything like that. And um, At the time, um, Patricia, um, Matthew's partner, Patricia McKean, who's Ron McKean's daughter, who, who rode my very first... Um, Winner, um, yeah, um, you know, we we go back a long way. Anyway, I'm in hospital on Thursday. Matt comes to see me, and they said, "Oh, look, you can go home, but don't, don't, don't go anywhere. Just be very careful." So I arrive home Thursday. Matt gets a phone call. He's got to go back take Patricia into the hospital. Long story, short story was, I ended up jumping on the plane on Friday morning and going over to the Cox Plate. Diane was over there, and Matthew ended up going to hospital and. Um, our grandson Benji Benjamin was born Cox Plate Day, and our roles were reversed. I mean, I should never have gone. I mean, I'm probably lucky, but to be honest, if I'd died at the Cox Plate, man, I'd have died a happy man. <laughs> yeah, it was an it was an outstanding occasion. You look very ill, I must admit, but uh, no, it was it was terrific, <laughs> terrific to have you there. Uh, you mentioned Roggie. Roggie sent you a lot of horses, hasn't he? Oh, look, Roger's a great person. I mean, yeah, Roger gives us, he would give you the shirt off his back, I'm telling you. People people don't appreciate how good a bloke 
Graham is, and he's done a lot for racing in New Zealand. You know, he used to take horses to Gisborne every year. I went up there one year and gave him a bit of a hand um, at Gisborne. Um, he used to take horses to Nelson, Westport, Riverton. Um, Graham's never been against travelling to go anywhere, but I think at the end, at the main cause is Graham wants racing to be successful. Graham wants racing to survive. And he does a hell of a lot more than people do realise. And he's been a great friend uh, to Diane and I uh, for a long, long time, him and Debbie. But um, I've always had huge respect for Roger because he does a lot more than people do realise that what he does. Yeah. You mentioned some of those other great owners. I also remember you implementing the dollar a day syndication, which was pretty <laughs> successful as well, which, which we sold one, one, one day on, on track. So I will end up oh. racing a few myself. Uh, I think Storm Patrol yeah. won four or five races, and um, yeah. we also yeah, we won had, one with twin, twin Shot. So, yeah, we've had, we had a lot of fun. But what, what you did with that, Michael, was to try and bring people in to give them an ownership experience. And even if 10% of them came out the other side and purchased another share in a horse, it had to be successful. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you were looking for someone to fill in that day because somebody hadn't turned up in your own course doing, doing yep, the correct. TV thing. I mean, you say, can't pity you. Got you. Got to help me out here. So I come and and I remember you saying, "Oh, you're going good." Because our main target every year is to train a million dollars worth of winners, and we've done that on 13 occasions. And only one other South Island trainer has ever trained a million, so that's our target. And we were, I think we were won the premiership that year. And I remember you saying, "Oh, you're going good, pity. You're going to train a million dollars, and you're going to win the premiership." And what's your take on things or something like that? And I said, "Yeah, but people have to remember this." This is the sport of kings, but a pauper can race a horse in New Zealand. You said, oh, how would that work? And I made this stupid throwaway line. Oh, if they give me a buck a day, I'll give them a share in a horse. Well, I yep. think I went five yards and had 10 phone calls. You know, people were ringing me <laughs> up. And, and, and some of those people, as you say, they ended up buying shares and nice horses. Some of those people still race um, a horse called Russian Rosette with me today. And we've increased the inflation's increased it to two dollars a day now. They pay seven hundred and thirty bucks and they get a year's racing. And they yeah, love it. That's Look, incredible. Not one hair of the tail, but it's still their horse and they, they get absolute enjoyment out of it. Yeah, it's good. Hey, it's one good of those yeah. yeah, of course it is. One of those winners you had on the coast was for your brothers. That must have been special. I am Roman. Yeah, gee, uh, I bought him for 17000 We got offered a huge amount of money for him after he went a couple of trials, but he didn't clear the vet. There's nothing really physically, but Hong Kong's the hardest place in the world to get a vet clearance. But he'd been really disappointing, and, and Greymouth, he went shocking. He didn't. We just put it down to the wet track, so we put him out of Greymouth at, uh, at a Camara, and I think it reefed in. You saw the real I Am Roman. He's a horse with a lot of ability. But I don't know why, but a lot of our horses do prefer rock hard tracks. Everybody knows that. I hate irrigated tracks and everything like that. But he's just one of those horses. That, um, he just travelled up so good the other day at um, Reefton. He had it one a long way from home and he went good sectionals. And so we're now off to go for the Gold Guineas if the track's going to be firm. Yep. Well, we look forward to seeing him down there. No runners over the weekend, a rarity for the Pittman Barn? Yep. We thought long and hard about it, and the program didn't quite just suit the horses that we've got at the moment. And there's good racing. I mean, there's six of the next seven or seven of the next eight weeks in the South Island on Saturdays. There's minimum stakes of 40,000, so we don't have to go here and down there. There's good racing coming up at Rickerton, um, 27th of very good days racing. Uh, but, you know... It, it, it takes its toll, you know. I'm getting on. I, sometimes I don't have the best of health with my diabetes, 
then I'm lucky enough I had a brother-in-law who offered to drive the truck for me and came home and I stayed over at Reefton for the week and um, we just decided no we don't need to go and um, we're quite happy because I mean it's 29-30 degrees in that direction and horses do melt and they may not recover so we'll have some nice fresh runners for Rickerton on Thursday and um, at Rickerton on the 27th. All right, really look forward to seeing uh, the progression of those, and congratulations on uh, what has been well a remarkable career. You could sit, I could sit here and talk here for two hours with your pity because there's so many stories that uh, we have been part of, including the Enzo's lad story, which I suppose on a day like today, um, you know, you talked about uh, Lewis, one of your big uh, owners, Vibert, uh, before being part of Enzo's lad, not only winning a couple of telegraphs, but obviously taking you around the world. So that's just an example of, uh, well, Michael Pittman's life, I suppose. Yeah, when Enzo's lad won the first telegraph, I was reluctant, but he went, to be quite honest with you. And they yeah. talked me into it. Yeah. And yeah. between that group of people, they took, close to 100 grand off that horse when he won the first telegraph. Um, yeah. He won at long odds, you know, and, and um, it was a huge, huge thing. And I remember um, I'd been offered the chance to go to Hong Kong then. I thought, no, he's not good enough, you know. So when he won the second telegraph, I couldn't get on the phone quick enough um, to the agent and um, arrange for him to go to Hong Kong. And when he ran last in Hong Kong, I turned around and I said to the, they were, all the owners were there, I said, well, well that's a, we're not going on to England now. It didn't go good enough. <laughs> anyway, yeah, the guys yeah. from, from Ascot, they came and saw me and they said, um, oh, well, uh, uh, Blueprint, he ran last in this race last year and he, he, he won at Ascot, so hopefully you can do the same. And we ended up going to Ascot. And, and, and I, I, I can tell you, everybody now, people, I know people got on the website to say, oh, Enzo's lad, it's not good enough. They go, no, probably they're 100% right. But we got 30,000 euros when we landed in England to cover the cost of our trip. And we didn't have to pay to go there. It's Hong Kong Jockey Club. They paid for everything from the moment the horse walked out the box door until he landed in, in, in England. They paid all the transport. They paid owners' um, accommodation, subsidies, air travel. They paid for Matthew, um, Brittany, myself and Diane. So, you know, we had to go. We had no options because in New Zealand, um, we were going to be wasted out of it anyway. Um, so when they offered that, we couldn't turn it down, and, and I'm glad we didn't because we had a ball. Those owners, I mean, one of the owners, um, he was standing in the birdcage at a second start, openly crying, and he's a tough bugger, uh, because he was there with all the sheiks and the muck toms and all, all the best horses in the world at the time, and here he is, a bloke from Upper Hutton, Wellington, in the birdcage. You can't buy that. I don't care what anyone says. You cannot buy those sort of things that happen in your life. Um, no. By the way, I think they've ruined the Telegraph since Enzo's lad first won it, making it a wait for ages ruined it. Look at the field today. Fair point, Michael. Fair point. All right, we'll let you go. We'll let you uh, crack on with your morning. Can I just Appreciate say one thing? What, yep. Yeah, one thing I, I really, one person I really want to openly thank, or two really, Jim Campin was a huge influence on us. Um, we trained over 100 winners personally for Jim Campin. He paid full training fees all the way through. And John Karen and his family, they were very special people to me. Those those four people that I've mentioned, they were very special. And at the moment, Lee Vibert's in the same class. All right. And Jim Appreciate Bruford, you coming. Yep. Yeah, Jim right. Bruford, he's, he's had a big part to play too. Hey, good yep, on you, Michael. Thanks for your time. Appreciate okay. it. See you, Greg. Bye. All right, there he is, Michael Pittman.